I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on the extended version of Inside Sources today. Uh, as always, I want to know what's on your mind, what's happening in your world. Send us a text on Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union text line. Only when it's safe, because safety first. Always got to be safety first. All right. Uh, I want to kind of extend a little bit off of our conversation uh, with Jill Adley, who has uh, just joined us here uh, in the building. Uh, We stole her away from uh, Wolf Blitzer and CNN. Uh, She's going to be a really important part of our strategic team at the Deseret News Uh, focused on strategic reach and development of voices as we continue to uh, stretch and expand the influence there locally and nationally. Uh, So Jill is just a a super talent. Uh, And I love the fact that she, as we were talking about the what goes on behind the scenes, what goes on in that CNN newsroom when you have an event like the shooting in El Paso uh, or in Dayton, Ohio, and I love that she said, look, these are these are real people, too. And we see that with all of our friends down here in the newsroom at the Deseret News, KSL, KSL Radio and TV. And there are real raw emotions. And we have to go through those. And all of us have to go through that process on these kinds of events. And so I wanted to spend a, a few minutes today uh, as as things start to pivot, you can sense just a little bit of a pivot starting to take place in El Paso and in Dayton as funerals start to be planned and carried out, as vigils start to uh, take place and continue to take place. Uh, President Trump will be down there tomorrow to mourn, and uh, we hope that's the focus there, that uh, we don't get sidetracked on too many of the political things, that we can focus on the people and the healing and how do you move forward. And so I wanted to talk a little bit in this segment about grieving and how do we do that and what's the appropriate way to do it. I think that's one of the most difficult things for us to do individually. I think it's also the most difficult thing for us to be helpful with, uh, whether that's dealing with a a neighbor or a colleague or a friend. Uh, When someone else is grieving, what do we do and how do we do it? Uh, I was fascinated uh, listening last night uh, to the former vice president, uh, Joe Biden, in an interview. Uh, He was asked about uh, two really tragic losses in his life, Uh, the accident that took his wife and daughter 
before he was sworn in as a senator in the United States Senate. And then, of course, the tragic loss of uh, of his son, Bo, to cancer. And he had some good perspectives, some interesting insight. Listen, this is what uh, Joe Biden had to say about grieving and grief. It's uh, it literally uh, it really takes a part of your soul. I mean, it, it is. Um, and what I tell people is that uh, um, it's going to take a long time. But the person you lost is still with you, still part of you. All right. Uh, I think it was interesting that the uh, the former vice president, you know, talked about this this sense of of loss, uh, this absence, and he, he talked also about the the fact that you know people come up and and say, "I understand," and unless they've gone through it, you you really don't understand. You can try to understand. You can try to have empathy. But I think that's such a hard thing for people to to really wrap their head around. Uh, when when my dad passed away a couple of years ago, uh, again I I hadn't experienced the loss of a parent, and so I really didn't know. I thought I knew, uh, but I but I didn't really know uh, until I had experienced it for myself. And the the one thing that probably struck me the most in the the loss of my dad was the absence of his presence. Uh, it was such a real thing. It was tangible to me. Uh, and even though I, I didn't see my dad every day and we didn't talk on the phone every single day, uh, and yet there was this real absence of his presence. And that, to me, was kind of the uh, the gut punch uh, that was so hard early on. And getting through that and getting to the point where I started I started to realize, had that great realization that I think everyone who goes through grief and loss begins to understand is that when you when you lose a loved one like that, you do feel that absence of their presence, but then over time you start to realize that they have infused themselves into so many of the nooks and crannies of your life and into so many places and spaces that you go through and travel through and think through that they're never really very far away. Uh, and their influence actually becomes greater, and of course they've they've left a lot of the meaning of their life in you, and in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in your personality, in your experience, in what you will yet become, what you will yet do, uh, and that's all part of that grieving process. And as I watch some of these people in in Texas and in Ohio, um, you you see that you see that sense of loss and that absence of presence of, of those that they love, that they just want to hold on to. They just want to hug them and hold them. Uh, and that's very instructive, I think, for all of us, that we we do need to slow down. We do need to uh, to think of things in a little bit different way. Um, I've got one more piece of sound from the, from the vice president that I think is also instructive. Again, this was the former vice president, Joe Biden. Yes, he is a... A candidate for president of the United States on the Democratic side, and he is someone who has has suffered excruciating loss, tragic loss in his life. And here's what he said: I "Just remember being so angry, angry with everything. And I shouldn't say, it, but angry with God, just angry. And I remember, and people would come up to me and say, meaning well. After I understand." And you feel like saying, you have no idea. You have no idea. You know they mean well. 
But the people who, in fact, have been through it, you know they understand. Mm. And it gives you solace that they made it. They just, you just want to know, can I make it through? Okay, so again, that's uh, former Vice President Joe Biden uh, talking about kind of the anger and the frustration. He was he was angry with God. He was angry with everybody, everything, and everyone. Uh, and how do you how do you white knuckle your way through that? And how challenging that can be. And again, none of us are exempt from from that kind of pain and that kind of struggle. Uh, I was I was thinking this morning as as I was thinking through this segment uh, that I knew I wanted to do today. I had no idea how we were going to do it, uh, but thinking about the words of the vice president, and I thought back to a an opinion piece that was in the Arizona Republic uh, earlier this year, and it was uh, an opinion piece written uh, by Russell M. Nelson, uh, president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. And he had penned a a most extraordinary op-ed uh, that started with uh, he and his wife Wendy, uh, who were going to to give comfort to people who had experienced a a tragic loss. Uh, the wildfires in Paradise, California. He was he had been scheduled to go down there and to to meet with families that had lost everything in this fire. And little did he know that before he would head down there that he would actually lose his daughter uh, and her her battle with cancer. And in this opinion piece, he described how he went down thinking he was going to be compassionate and help comfort and, and help guide some of these victims through their grief and through their suffering. Uh, only to discover that when he got down there that he was on the receiving end of that same kind of compassion, that same kind of empathy, that same kind of understanding, and and the bond that was created uh, between President Nelson and those people who had lost so much in that tragic fire down in Paradise, California, uh, that it really is this extraordinary connection. Um and when we understand that, when we understand that the human soul yearns to be understood and to understand the purpose of life and to to know, as Vice President Biden said, that that God still cared about him. Uh, those are those are big things, but that's an important part of that process of healing, of grieving, uh, and then moving forward. We're going to continue this conversation. It's time for us to step aside for bottom of the hour news. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources right here on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. 
Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.